five, six, seven, eight. And we're back. Hi, Jocelyn. How are you doing on this fine day in May? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's actually, it's evening for us now. And I've had two Starbucks coffees today, which I know what you are thinking. Chrissy, why are you drinking two coffees in one day? You don't need more than, you know. You're too small for two coffees in one day. I had a large coffee yesterday and I'm still wound up. That being said, (laughs) the Tim's Vanilla Sweet Cream Cold Brew is really, really good. So if you have access to a Tim Hortons, which I don't know how many of you are in Canada or have a Tim Hortons or know what a Tim Hortons is, um, I'd highly (laughs) recommend it. But my heart has been racing since yesterday. Um, <laughs> no joke, no joke. You're actually going to laugh when I tell you this, though. So whenever I go to Starbucks, my order must be, like, so complicated, which it's really not. I try, I, eh, as an actor, oh, God. I take a moment to really break it down easily for them, and I enunciate my words, right? <laughs> so I'm like... Hi, how are you? Great. I will take a venti iced cinnamon dolce latte with skim milk and no whipped cream, please. And then? That's my order. And then I get to the window and it's hot. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I ordered an iced one. Anyways, what happens a lot is now they have to give it to you. I don't, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but because <laughs> people are going to purposely mess up their orders. Please do not do that. They work so hard. Anyways, now they give it to you when um, they mess it up. So it, they're like, oh, we can't take it back. So here, you can keep this one. And then all of a sudden I have like three coffees in the car and I have to drink them all. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, what a dream come true. But also, oh God. They actually did that to me the other day and I was <gasps> surprised. It was like, remember last month we tried the new oat milk Americano, blah, blah, blah. It was really yummy. Um, it was a brown sugar oat milk latte? Yeah, something like Shaken that. Shaken latte. There you anyway, go. and I wanted it iced and then my mom wanted it hot, but they gave us two hots, which like, Fair enough. We wanted the exact same thing, the exact same size. One's hot, one's cold. And yeah, so we took home another hot one and like shared it for breakfast the next morning. It was really nice. But yeah, (laughs) I always feel bad when that happens. But like, I'd rather drink it than it be a waste. Right. Especially right now. Right. No, I think it's totally I think it's so funny that you like enunciate your order uh, because usually I especially right now I go through the drive through um, and even when it's not a pandemic, it's just, I don't want to have to go get out of the car, go back it in. So I just lean out the window. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Would I be able to get um, blah, 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 blah. Thanks. Have a great day, eh? Yeah, like just leaning out <laughs> the car. One medium double-double. One medium double-double, please and thank you. And a moose to go. <laughs> Do you have an apple fritter? <laughs> Oh, God, we're the worst. But you know what? We are here today to chat all about our dream musicals. So here's the breakdown for dream musicals. <laughs> it it can be some pre-existing material, such as a book, a movie, you know, maybe something inspired by a musician like we've seen done with Mamma Mia. Um, yeah, so how about you start us off, Jocelyn, 
what is first on your dream musical list, and we'll do it, we'll count down from five to one. One being our biggest dream musical, so you are going to start at five. All right, let's do it. I'm actually, I'm ready for, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> And, uh, we talk about this a lot. We do. We do. And um, surprisingly, it has absolutely nothing to do with coffee. But yeah, now you guys know our coffee order. So if you ever want to buy me a coffee, there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. So my first four were relatively easy and stayed that way. But number five just kind of switched around a lot because I could not decide. Because as we know, I'm indecisive AF. So in the number five slot, after much deliberation, we have Ella Enchanted, the movie from the early 2000s with Anne Hathaway and Hugh Dancy, I think it was. I don't know. He just had this adorable curly hair and it was really, I had a huge mm. crush on Prince Char growing up, but that's not why I want this <laughs> as a musical. But basically, it's kind of, a, it's pretty much a Cinderella story, but Ella was cursed to be obedient from birth. So she had to do what she, what anyone tells her to do. And she ends up falling in love with this prince and she's trying to break her curse and just all these am amazing things. And of course, it's Anne Hathaway. So like, it's freaking brilliant. And it's just so cute. I used to watch it all the time. Not that we really need another Cinderella story, but this one is. I think it incorporates enough different things from different fairy tales to be a really good standalone. And you know what? The movie itself is kind of a jukebox musical. There's this entire scene where like she's ordered to sing and she's singing somebody to love and dancing around in front of giants because somebody was like sing and she couldn't say no. Um, so like it's already kind of musical-y. And I'm like, yes, put that on stage. You know, sword fights and the... Oh, it would just be really brilliant. And yeah, so why not do it? We'll do it as a jukebox musical or something. And I feel like there's enough people who like love this movie. Like it's a niche crowd, but it's a bigger crowd than you think it is. Totally. I'm surprised it's not like already a musical. Right? Like the nostalgia on that film alone. I saw it in like, it's on Amazon Prime, by the way. So if you haven't seen Ella Enchanted... It doesn't matter how old you are. You'll like it. Um, also like that it's it's got like a Disney flair without being super Disney. You know what? Sorry, let me just interrupt you for a second. It always reminded me of like a DreamWorks. Is it DreamWorks? It is DreamWorks. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I <laughs> like her. It Shrek. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is a DreamWorks production. And it did come out around the same time as Shrek. So you're not far off. But what I yes. like about it is that it kind of has, even though it is set in like, you know, a land far, far away. And it is kind of a period piece in that sense. It always felt remarkably contemporary. And that kind of gives it a timeless feeling. It doesn't feel kind of like something like Camelot. You know they're like in the pre-Middle Ages, right? You know mm -hmm. that it's something that's very set to a time. Whereas um, even though they're both, both fictional worlds, it's just very different how it's, how it's written and how it's done. And it's also just a really well-written movie that we don't talk about enough. And it would be so much fun on stage. And like the fun you could have with casting it, the fun you could have with like stage combat and the giants and 
all the fun different things you could do. The choreography, like at the end, the end, there's a big dance number with Don't Go Break In My Heart and it's the entire company of this movie. And actually, I'm talking a lot, so I'll wrap it up really quickly. But this is where I got the idea for my wedding dress as a child because she gets married in this big, beautiful gown and then she rips it off. It's a tearaway into like a shorter dress that she can dance in. Um, So anyway, amazing movie, amazingly nostalgic, contemporary, current, fun, feisty. You have a female lead. It's a female-centered story. And... You know, what's not to love? It's timeless enough to be classic and contemporary enough to be contemporary. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Whoever wants to um, work on this, call me. I have a list of ideas for you. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> because I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's no way this isn't a thing. I had to look it up. And it's actually already a stage production. However, I don't know how legal it is. I don't know Uh, what the legality of this is, but it's been done a lot regionally. So so it must be legal in some way. I'm going to have to do some research and we will get back to you on that because it should be on like Broadway or the West End. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you it would be a really good like mega musical in like the yes. best most campy way. And I know people don't always like the cheesy mega musicals, but you know what? After the year <laughs> we have had, that is what we need right now. It's we need some wholesome wholesome content. Anyway, after all of that, Chrissy, what's on your what's number 5 for you? Oh gosh, okay. Number 5 for me. I want a Springsteen musical, but I want it in like an original plot, Mm. not a bio musical and not what Springsteen did on Broadway. Listen, when that was announced, I thought, finally, (laughs) finally, I'm getting the original Springsteen musical. And that's not to say I didn't love the concert that he did. That was incredible. And he did that, what, like over a year? I can't remember, but yeah, he had a pretty good run. I know tickets were yeah. crazy expensive, but then it was Netflix special. Mm-hmm. So if you couldn't go get a ticket, yes. you could watch it at home. And um, I think, you know, you're entirely right. Bruce has these, he's a storyteller. And if you saw Springsteen mm-hmm. on Broadway, um, you know, it's just him and an acoustic guitar. He's telling his stories. He's singing his songs. And just the work already speaks for itself. So I'm going to hand it back over to you. But I had to say, Yes. <laughs> No, you're completely right. I mean, it it does speak for itself. And if you just listen to the Born to Run album, I mean, it was it was made for the stage totally the same way that Bat Out of Hell was. I mean, it wasn't literally in the same way that Bat Out of Hell was (laughs) because that was that was written to be a musical. But this totally fits the same theme of how this album should be a musical. And I don't know. I just think original characters could be interesting, keeping mm-hmm. the same names of, like... He uses so many names in his songs, he similar does. to the Beatles. And yeah. um, if you've read... I don't know, Chrissy, if you read it, but if you read his autobiography, his little memoir, Born to Run, which, if you like Bruce Springsteen and you haven't read it, I highly recommend. And even mm-hmm. if you're just an artist in any way, even as an actor, read it. His thoughts on auditioning and going to meetings and all that sort of stuff. Just, he's such a professional and an amazing storyteller. 
you can learn. I learned a lot reading that book, but he talks about how his songs are stories and like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it's like, you know, all songs are stories, but how Taylor Swift can link together chunks of three songs as we've recently seen. That's something Bruce Springsteen does and has been doing. And he talks about that process um, a lot. And yeah, he has basically written all these beautiful rounded out characters. Why not just throw them in, in a world on stage and have a really fun Bruce, Bruce, a Bruce box musical. A Bruce box. (laughs) No, but yeah, you're totally right. And you know, I always say I love Bruce so much that I got a tattoo of his lyrics. (laughs) That's just how great they are. They're stories and I love a good story. So yeah, roll on Bruce, the music, the Brucicle. The Brucicle? (laughs) A Bruce box Brucicle? No! Yes! Yes. I think you should um, get in touch with his people and pitch a Bruce box Brucicle. (laughs) To him. Bruce Box the Brucicle. We love it. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> let's move on to number four because we will spend all day making puns. <laughs> this. I could literally talk about Bruce Springsteen all day. Um, I think it was you I was talking with or my mom, but he's 71. Since when? I know. Since when? It's insane. And he looks that good at 71? I know. If I look half that good at 71. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'll take it. That's more than I expected. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, what's in the water he's drinking? Oh no, we'll have to check out Jersey. <laughs> we'll have to find out. I'll give him a call. <laughs> so what is your number four? <laughs> okay, my number four. Now, I haven't quite figured out how this would work yet, but that's technically not my job. I'm just here to be like, this should be on stage. Um, <laughs> But I would love the book Daisy Jones and the Six to be a stage show. Now, I don't know if you would do it exactly how this book is written or if you would take what's the book and just mix it around a little bit. But it would either be a full musical or at least a play with music, because basically what it is, is it's a story about this band who starts the Six, who works with this independent artist, Daisy Jones. And they become a big smash hit and then they split up and nobody knows why they split up mysteriously. And so the book is told like in documentary style recording that. It's a great book. So um, go read it. Uh, But yeah, I think it would be so good on stage because who doesn't love a rock musical? It's so like encapsulates like that um, 70s era of rock and roll and the characters are just so fun also the lyrics are already written in the back of the book all the lyrics for the album they record in Mm -hmm. the story are in the back of the book so guys this this is like halfway done (laughs) this is like halfway there um i know there's talk about it being a tv show or movie or something which would also be awesome there's a great audio book but like it would be so fun on stage it would just be, it would be really interesting. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Daisy Jones is a lot, I think a lot of the inspiration from that was Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks because 
I read the book and and there's a fabulous playlist and a lot of it is like Stevie songs on there. Uh, you can find that on Spotify, by the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it would be really interesting to do that sort of style of show with like, I don't even know. It's it's so similar to what's happening with Almost Famous as well. It, mm-hmm. it pulls from those two um, worlds. It also like, yeah. we were just talking about Bruce Springsteen's book and, you know, he, he was writing a lot of his early stuff in the same period as this Daisy Jones book is set in. And so the amount of research that was done by the author um, is like bananas because there were so many parallels. And the characters are just, they're brilliant characters, which is interesting because it's told like kind of in documentary style magazine interview. There's no whole lot of like description about these characters, but their words just like they jump off the page. They're vibrant. They're sassy. There would be a lot of fourth wall breaks. And I just... I think it would be a really good time show that still has a lot of like, there's a lot of heart to it. And it is such a good read. I was actually rereading it today because I was thinking about this podcast episode. <laughs> um, and I was just, once again, baffled by how brilliant it is. You know what? It's actually told, you know, in How I Met Your Mother, the Robin Sparkles, um, Robin Daggers episode with the interview, like the MTV style. <gasps> Behind the music! It's written like that I don't know how to explain that it's like that is how it feels when you're reading it yeah it's very like much music documentary style because it's like why did this band break up it covers their rise to fame their work together and then all of a sudden they broke up and then reunites them like 20 plus years later to tell the story and it's just such an interesting way of telling it I've never read a book like that and that's why I think it would be so fun on stage because it's already almost a script yeah it's literally written in like script format I was thrown off when I first bought it I I thought it was going to be like a literal book me too but then it grew on me I was like oh I I kind of like this format it's a fast read that way too and you can't Mm -hmm. put it down check it out friends you'll love it anyway what is your number four my number four is a movie which is one of the first on my list. Haha, <laughs> more to come. Anyways, <laughs> it's a movie. It's my favorite movie. It is My Girl, the 90s no! classic. Yes. No. His glasses. He can't see without his glasses. <laughs> he was going to be an acrobat. How that dare is... you bring this up? Listen. <laughs> I'm not emotionally stable. Oh my God. There's so many kids on Broadway, like Broadway kids that I, I could see playing the role. And I'm like, you know what? Do you like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Just have three, three Macaulay Culkin kids. I'm three Thomas mm. J's and and three Vedas. Oh my god! And then it's different every time. You know what? Sold. <laughs> because honestly, if I was a child actor, I could not handle that emotion for eight shows a week. I could not. Yeah. No. No. No one. As no. an adult, I can't handle that. I couldn't even watch that movie eight times a week. Um, <laughs> I can't even watch it once. I watch it at least two times a month. Like it is my favorite. And yeah, I, I cry every time. Like I just. Yeah. What What do you think about this story specifically that lends itself uh, to <gasps> the stage? Oh my god! Like I think it's just so 
it's similar to the way I feel about Mrs. Doubtfire. So nostalgic. Mm. Those, like, 90s movies have something that, you know, our generation grew up with. And there's something so cozy about them and yet so sad. And you see that a lot in 90s movies, actually. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) No, it's true. It's like... It is. It is. It's so cozy to watch. And then it's, like, heartbreaking, but also cozy at the end. And I think... Veda as a character is one of the best written characters ever. And because, you know, she's like a child, she's probably like a 12 year old in the film. I don't really 12 or 13, whatever. Um, She gets overlooked for being such a fantastic character. And I mean, if you just watch that movie and focus on Veda's dialogue and just the actress who played her, her acting at god literally probably 12 her acting at 12 years old is insane and it's so much of that script as well that that makes it that way but i think you know there's little things and i've been watching this movie since i was a kid and only recently did i realize there's a bit i don't want to ruin it for anyone but there's a bit with veda having a mood ring and um, she says something to Thomas J, the the little boy character I mentioned, or he says something about how it's always black and it must be broken or whatever, like it never changes colors and like she's moody or whatnot. I guess that's what it implies. But then, and the whole point of him dying at the bee stings bit is that he went to go find the mood ring because she lost it in the woods. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, um, you see that Veda reunites with his mom. And she's like, oh, hey, I have something for you. Thomas J was holding it. I thought you might want to have it. No, no, no. And she gives Veda the mood ring. And you see that when Veda puts it on, she gasps because the color has changed. I mean, I don't know how you could do that on a stage. I mean, you wouldn't see it, but like, you guys. I'm emotionally exhausted just talking about this movie. It's I a- dig I dig really deep into this movie. I just think it's the greatest film ever. And you're right. I really I really do like the character of Veda. I think she's brilliant. Um brilliant. it's like the one thing I like about the movie because it's just it is so hard for me to watch. But oh, yeah. you're absolutely right. Uh she's a great great character. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I need to go, like, watch something really happy now. I need to go watch My Girl. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, time to watch My Girl. (laughs) There's something wrong with one of us. (laughs) And they have My Girl, too. I don't know if you knew that, but... No, the first one was traumatic enough. The second one's happy. It's about, like, um... No, (laughs) we'll watch it together, but it's about Veda. We will. It's about Veda and, um... She's kind of in search for answers about her mom. Also, sorry, Veda being, like, a hypochondriac is literally my life story. Like, I know that's probably where it all stemmed from because I literally was, like, a baby Veda. Anyways, and I'm a hypochondriac. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus. Anyways, I need it on stage. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Friends. It's late and we are having a ball. <laughs> Forgive us. All right. Let's keep this uh let's keep this train <laughs> this train rolling. Hopefully on to some happier subject matter. Um <laughs> Toi, number three. 
<laughs> All right, number three. So what I'm about to tell you, I've actually said before in a podcast interview, but uh, I, it didn't make the final cut. I don't think we were uh, recording at the we time. We weren't recording. We weren't no. recording. Strap in, Sassanax. I want Outlander the musical. Okay, you laugh, but you haven't even, you, ha- you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> so Outlander tells the story of Claire Beecham, who, while on her second honeymoon in Scotland after um, the Second World War, they she ends up accidentally falling through some standing stones in the Highlands and gets transferred back to Scotland prior to uh, the Battle of Culloden and the Uprising. And there she meets uh, the clan Mackenzie, take her in. They're not sure if she's a British spy or who she is. So there's all this kind of intrigue and political aspect to it. Of course, she falls in love with a gorgeous Scottish man because she's lucky. And she has that conflict. Do I stay with this new man who I love or do I try to get back to the future uh, to be with my husband? And it's a beautiful journey for her. The historical accuracy in Outlander is like, I love. I love anything that can get it accurate. It's a story with um, beautiful characters. And I think I keep coming back to this when I have my my dream musical moments is because the characters in these things, they are so big, they are so full that they lend themselves to bursting into song because what, you know, I had this professor, I can't remember which one, my goodness, um, but they talked about how the reason we train for Shakespeare, in, even though we're doing musical theater, is because Shakespeare is heightened language. And when you burst into song in a musical, you're using heightened language because normal words can't express what you're doing. Some, they said it much more eloquently than me. But Outlander lends itself to that. It's full of passion and uh, and love for, you know, another person, for your family, your extended family, for your country. It's, it's just really quite incredible. You could add incorporations of like Highland music. And uh, since Claire is the main character, she's from the 1940s, uh, you could add in like some sort of swing undertones into it. You could really play with the orchestration on this one. And ironically, as I was saying, I was saying this to uh, Zina Gushtart when we had her on, it was already supposed to be a musical. There's a concept album. And I don't know why it didn't go anywhere, but like it was pretty decent. And I think that with the right team, it could go places and it could end up going really far, especially with how much um, the TV show, I mean, the books had a really large following before, but it's kind of more like mom-aged people. But with the TV show, a lot of younger people are getting into it. Um, it's also a wonderful female-led story because Claire is one of my favorite female literary characters of all time. And she's surrounded by an, a fabulous cast, you know, well, obviously characters, but there's so many strong women in the story around her. And it just covers so many things. Yeah, it's just, it's a great journey for her. I would love to see it on stage. I can't remember. I had some casting, but I can't remember at this time. But Glenn Adamson, who is the new Strat and Bad Out of Hell, as James Alexander, Malcolm McKenzie Fraser, because he kind of looks like Sam Hewen a little bit. 
who plays Jamie in the TV show. But he's just, he's he's gorgeous and has beautiful reddish hair. Um, and I mean, obviously he's fantastically talented and lovely, but he's he's my dream James Fraser for stage. Anyway, okay, I'm done now. Chrissy, what's your number <laughs> okay, three? Okay, so several things before I tell you my third choice. This was actually like Outlander, a concept that was in the developmental process to becoming a stage production. It even, it sold tickets and everything, and I don't recall if there was a cast announcement made, but the production was definitely set, and then it got postponed for the script to be reworked, I believe, and it hasn't had a follow-up since 2017. Um... Probably for the best. I can't imagine it would have a long life on Broadway or like the West End or even regionally if that was the goal for it. However, my number three is the TV series classic, The Wonder Years. Okay, so this is actually the only one on your list that I'm unfamiliar with. So for anybody at home who doesn't know, what is The Wonder Years? Because I actually don't. No, I haven't the foggiest. So the other day, while I was so beautifully just laying on my couch, thinking of how Jocelyn grew up with only three TV channels, <laughs> <laughs> which is something we talk about often, <laughs> because she... yeah, well, because Chrissy will be like, "Don't you know this?" and I'll be like, "What the? F- what are you talking about?" I grew up with three TV stations, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That makes sense that you wouldn't know this then. It's not my fault. It's not. No. (laughs) But it it makes sense why you wouldn't know this show because it's one that hasn't had much air rerun time since like the uh, the 80s. So The Wonder Years is set in the, it's set through the 60s to mid or late, yeah, mid 70s, I believe. And it's similar to how i met your mother in the way that it's told i'm pretty sure they took the like concept of it from the wonder years because the wonder years is told by old kevin arnold as he reflects on his younger years the wonder years and so yeah it's really cute it's um you know how like every episode of how i met your mother ends with like a value a valuable life lesson and all that stuff and something you can take away from it. That's what the Wonder Years did. And growing up, it was just so influential to me. And I I took a lot of those values to heart and I still live by a lot of them. And it just makes me, I don't know, it's one of those shows that makes you want to be a kid again. So kind of like Full House in the end, they always have a little lesson and they hug it out. Kind of, but better than Full House. (gasps) Oh my god, so many things are better than Full House, my love. But this especially. This especially. Oh my god, yeah. And, oh, can I spoil the ending of The Wonder Years for you? Yeah, I will probably You probably will never watch it. I'll probably forget about it, honestly. Someday make you watch it. But, actually, before I get into that, I will say The Wonder Years was very hard to find in general for many years because... The music in it, they didn't purchase the rights at the time, so it took up until around five, six years ago to be released on DVD. Yeah, so in the last episode of The Wonder Years, 
throughout the entire series, we see Kevin totally in love with Winnie and they lose touch and you know how it is in, in high school and all that. So the last episode, you know, they, they rekindle their love and voiceover Kevin shares that he and Win he and Winnie didn't get married in the end of all of it, you know? And and he went to meet her when she came back from school in France, I think, with his wife and his his child. <gasps> and it's this whole thing of how like, yeah, you know, life doesn't go the way you always planned it out to go. You know? And I just... It gives me chills. It's one of those finales that will always stick with me. And I think just from the flow of that whole concept, it would do so well on stage. Listen, I agree with you about it doing well on stage, but this is my biggest TV show pet peeve ever. The will they or won't they? And then at the end, they don't. And it's like, listen, I binge-watched Dawson's Creek because, well, it's locked down. I have nothing to do. And you mean to tell me that they did that many seasons of Dawson and Joey or Dawson and Joey? Will it happen? Will it won't happen? It's definitely going to happen. Their end game. And then it didn't happen. TV show endings from TV shows that I've watched this year that I'm so horribly disappointed in. Um, that's a rant for another day. But I do, I like it. I like wholesome movies like that. And I kind of like the aspect that's kind of like Bridges of Madison County, where like sometimes even though like you love somebody, they're not your forever human, which like totally. I like that. I like that. It's not the overly sappy, I love you forever and ever of, you know, the classic Broadway musical. Um, mm-hmm. And I like when the angst isn't incorporated in. It's like, yeah, we had something fabulous and we can honor and respect that, even though we're not each other's forever humans. Yeah, and and I don't even know if that would have ended up in whatever script they had written for this stage production that never actually happened, but <laughs> um, I think it was going to be sort of like one episode. I don't know how to explain that. Do you know what I mean? Where it's not like season one through mm. season six. It's yeah, like it's- one episode, which I don't know if I like that or not, but... TV shows are mm-hmm. hard to adapt in that way. Totally. You know, it isn't just point A to point B. Because, like, things keep getting renewed and things keep changing and blah, blah, blah. But, no, I I like what you're saying. And you know what? As much as I love, like, a good rock and roll musical or a good angst musical, you know, I like the idea of bringing something a little more wholesome in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I don't think it would have been so successful, but, you know, I'm a big fan of the TV series. I probably would have bought a ticket to go see it for sure. (laughs) Alrighty, what is on your number two? Okay, this is actually something that is so close to actually happening, guys. This is something that could happen very easily if the right people were to get their little paws on it. So the minute I say what it is, you're going to know exactly who I'm calling out to make this happen. Mm -hmm. But as you know, I'm a huge Smash fan. And it was recently announced that there's going to be a Smash musical coming to Broadway. Listen, I love Smash and I will buy a ticket to see the Smash musical. But can we all be honest and say what we really want as a Smash musical on Broadway is Bombshell? Yes. Can we just all be honest? I know some people like Hit List and want Hit List. I'd probably see that too. But Bombshell... Because 
The score is brilliant. Mark Shaman and Walt Whitman put all this time and effort into writing these shows. They wrote like a song a week for their filming and stuff, like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and they wrote this gorgeous score for a Maryland musical. And then there was no Maryland musical. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I will forever feel gypped by that. And I love Marilyn. I mean, not that Broadway right now necessarily needs a Marilyn Monroe musical, but when I listen to that score that they've written and I just, I, it's such, it's such a damn shame that it's not, that's not on stage, that it never got to like do the thing. And I mean, maybe if Smash had not been canceled, maybe we would have seen a stage show of Bombshell, like nobody knows. But I know you Smash fans are out there. I know there are members of the Smash cult. And um, I know that we would all buy tickets. I mean, they had the Smash reunion concert, which was all the songs from Bombshell, which they just re-aired last year. But it was a one-night-only event, and it sold out like that. And they ended up raising a lot of money for a good cause. So, like... Imagine what the actual musical on stage could bring in, guys. There are people who are willing and ready to buy these tickets. And I also think that Marilyn Monroe, as a biopic, I think that she is just, I think she's so interesting. I, I don't know. I think it would be really awesome to see that on stage. And I also love that it's, you know, it's not just a biopic. It's very classic. It's very movie musical it captures the era the just the music and lyrics are so smart i want it on stage i want it on stage so bad like i'm getting chills just thinking about it like that opening thing of let me be your star the do 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 imagine being in the audience and hearing that and the curtain starts to raise like oh i don't I guys just, i'm gonna cry i wonder <laughs> And I could totally be just talking out of the air right now, but I wonder if it's like a legality thing with NBC. Mm, maybe. Like, I never thought about it until we we were just talking about it now. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's... Because, I mean, why hasn't it yeah. been on Broadway yet? Like, like, it's... They got... It's weird to me. But then they got the Smash musical, which obviously they got the rights from NBC for that. So I'm like, why can't What's we just... That? Why can't we just have Bombshell? What's the Smash musical? Remember there's an announcement. They're like, Smash fans, there's going to be a big announcement. And we were all like, yes, Bombshell is going to Broadway. Finally. And then they were like, a Smash musical, which oh, covers, yeah. which will be kind of, like the, I guess, the same concept of the TV I, show. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like season one when they're making Bombshell or if they're like making a new musical. There wasn't really that much info on it, so I'm still just kind of annoyed because I want more information. Um, I think <laughs> no tea, no shade. Love him with my whole heart. But I wonder if it's like, hey, we want a smash musical because Jeremy Jordan? <gasps> no, okay. not like Jeremy. Well, yeah, he'd probably star in it, but what I mean is like do they only want it for, like, Jeremy and Broadway Here I Come in the sense that they Ooh. couldn't just do Bombshell because that's but not in it? But then you could do Hit List 
and Bombshell. But who was really both. liked Hit List? I mean, compared to Bombshell, the structure was just that is ready for a Broadway opening, and Hit List was just like no. I like I liked Bomb. I agree, but it's also kind of like with how the show was written. Like the point of the show was that. Hitlist needed more help to get where it was going. Sure, yeah. And by the point we got to in the TV series, Bombshell was ready. So I'm kind of like, maybe if the show had gone on, we would have fallen more in love with Hitlist because Bombshell, we had two seasons to like dig into this. Um, but Hitlist, we didn't. So it's kind of like a question mark. But Hitlist had some bangers. Like I would, I'd go see it. I would definitely go see it. But like, Bombshell is my dream musical that I want to go see. But yeah, I'd buy a ticket to see Hitlist too, especially if Jeremy Jordan was in it. I love Jeremy Jordan. I don't know. I feel like it could just all get so messy if it's not just... I think it should just open as Bombshell. No attachment to, like, the Smash storyline. Just... You know? Oh yeah, I totally agree. Like new cast. Oh, I'm no fine actors from with Smash. the old cast. It's just like, like no Karen and Ivy. But you know what? We actually have a Smash episode coming out soon, so you can hear us ramble about it. Then. No, yeah, but I agree with you on the dream musical point. Like, it, we don't want a Smash musical. We want Bombshell. Um, yes. No matter if that's the cast from the TV show, great. If they do a whole new cast, that's also great. If they do both, also fabulous. I just want it totally. really badly. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd also take Hit List and I will also buy tickets to the Smash musical when it opens because um, <laughs> I love Smash. Anyway, uh, that's that's the takeaway from this conversation here. And like Chrissy said, we will be having a Smash episode and... You can listen to me not shut up about Smash more then. Let's move right along. Chrissy, <laughs> what's your number? <gasps> Let me just focus here. What is your number two? My number two dream musical. <laughs> My number two dream musical is 13 going on yes. 30. And I don't know how this Okay, so you know how the Rockwell does, like, parody musicals? How is that not already a parody musical to begin with? I mean, practically written for it. Secondly, how is it just not, like, a Broadway musical in general? I have been saying this for years. Like, how is it not years. a big commercial musical? Maybe, oh, mm, you know what? I feel like you could not do 13 going on 30 without the thriller scene, so it might have something to do with you know like there's thriller in the uk and there's the oh. mj musical coming at broadway but you know what i mean like yeah i think that would be the one that they couldn't get the rights to like and that yeah. kind of is central but they could do something other than thriller no, like the, i think like the it would be cha -cha like, slide. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i feel like it would be like um like a big part of like negative reviews would be like they didn't do thriller and instead did material girl you know what i mean like i don't know i feel like thriller is what everyone thinks of when they think of 13 going on 30 and it would have to be in it so like <sighs> michael jack i actually people, think let's of open 13 going on 30 instead of the mj musical i'm just saying i at I actually think about Razzles when I think of 13 going on 30. <gasps> what um, color is my tongue? Oh my god, remember we did that in New York City? <laughs> we're 
so ridiculous. We didn't actually eat them. Did we eat them? No, we just saw Razzles and we had to go through the whole script. In the I was surprised floor. because, listen, I didn't know that Razzles were real. I thought they just made them up for the movie. Nope. So we were in a candy store in New York and I saw some and I was like, uh, what? They're both a candy and a gum. <laughs> it was very, it was very exciting for me. Oh, so funny. Fabulous moment. But yeah, it's such a beautiful story. Mm. It's a coming of age story. It's funny. Again, female led, yes. which we love. We'd love to see. Yeah. I think it would just translate really well to stage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of And can we talk that. about... How cute was Mark Ruffalo in that? Oh my god, like, like oh, I want my own Maddie. He was so adorable. I, I want know. my I own think... Jenna Dreamhouse, too. Like, I will take that. I want a Jenna Dreamhouse for my next... So if anyone... For my 30th, I want a Jenna Dreamhouse, please. So if anyone here is looking to date Chrissy, bring her a Dreamhouse. Just dream the Dreamhouse, guys. Just the Dreamhouse. <laughs> I don't need a ring. I just want, you know... I want to be 30, flirty, and thriving with the dream house and some sparkle wishing dust. And Oh, God. I don't even want to be 25. 30 seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Oh, God. And it already, has its, it already has its tagline. Like, 13 going on 30, the musical. Come feel fl- 30 and flirty and thriving. Yes. It's already there, guys. The whole feel about so many of these. It's it. like it's right there. Yep. But wait. And again, it could be a jukebox. It'd be fun. I don't know. I thought, you know, I was thinking of that just a moment ago, and I was like, you know, I think I would want original songs, but then, oh my god, like, there's so many iconic songs. You've got, um... Love is a Battlefield, if that seems Pat brilliant. Pat Benatar, Jesse's Girl, Rick uh, Springsfield. Springfield? Jeez, <laughs> I was gonna say Rick Springsteen. <laughs> That's actually a line in the movie. That's why. Um, my gosh, you have so much, you have the Madonna songs, which are like, I think of crazy for you whenever I think of 13 going on 30, that, cause that whole sequence makes me cry. Yeah. You I know, mean, ugh, you would have to do half and half. I think, I don't know. I feel oh, like I de- yeah. has done that before, right? Yeah. Half and half would be good. I'm yeah. totally down for half and half. Uh, cause like, yeah, like you say, those are so iconic. Anyway, 13 going on 30 musical. Do you have a dream cast for it? No. I actually... No? I don't know. I mean, ugh, I don't know. It would depend on young Jenna and old Jenna having that, like, crazy weird dynamic that the actors in the film did. When you said that, I don't know why Shoshana Bean came to mind. Or Jessica Voss could mm. be interesting. I don't know. It... I don't know, but Shoshana Bean would be really cute. I like that. I need a whole cast, please. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for our number one dream musical? Oh my god, I'm s- I've been ready for this for years. Oh, me too. Okay, do you want to go first? Yes, you go first because I just went. Okay, 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 okay. Guys, this is another one that can literally happen right now. Are you ready? Okay. The Great Gatsby. I want a musical adaptation of this. And I think everybody agrees that they want a musical adaptation of this. That and The Great Gatsby just fell into public domain, which means 
literally anybody, even you, yes, you, listener, sitting at home right now or driving your car, anybody can write The Great Gatsby. Anybody can take it and adapt it however they want. It's public domain, babies. <laughs> Somebody make it happen. Literally, I'm like quivering with excitement. Anyways, I could talk all day about why The Great Gatsby would be the perfect stage musical, but I'm going to shut up now and pass it over to Chrissy. What is your number one dream musical? Okay, so, you know, I have like this thing where I love or hate Disney musicals. (laughs) I think Enchanted would be the best stage musical that Disney has ever produced. I mean, in my opinion, it's the best film they've ever done. (laughs) So if it was a stage musical, it could only... It could only get better. That being said, anything that's, like, based in New York already wins my heart for, like, it should be a musical type of thing. But this in particular, it already has the score written. I I mean, come on It is ready. It's like, like most Disney musicals. Like, a Disney movie is a movie musical. Um, Yeah. In a way, they were some of the first movie musicals, right? Because they always incorporate music and mm-hmm. yeah you're right it's ready to go it's kind of a love letter to new york city in a way as well it would do amazing on broadway it would and i mean there's so much they could probably do with like um the animation aspect as well i think they could totally do what they do with like um olaf in the frozen on broadway <gasps> oh! <laughs> there's something for sure that could be done there or maybe even a screen i don't know but Make it happen, friends, because this would be a winner. And I think with Enchanted 2, Disenchanted, sorry, Disenchanted coming out soon, um, it's going to bring out this whole new crop of Enchanted fans that weren't even there at the beginning because Enchanted really only grew within the past few years and, and with Disney Plus now as well. It is, I don't know, I think it'll do good with more fans calling for it you know yeah and like we've reached an age i mean disney plus is such a big thing like disney always has that nostalgia for like people who are older and it's great for people who are younger and like like disney musicals always work they always work and enchanted is such a good one and if you could get mcdreamy to make a cameo you're set listen mcdreamy yes but also i want pip in the musical pip what does he do he's like um He's like, it's good. It's good. <laughs> ap, 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 ap. No thanks. It's, it's good. good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I love, I love Pip so much, and I think I must go down as like the only person in the world to have so much enchanted merchandise because when it came out, I just bought whatever I could find since Disney does this thing where it's like once it's out and it doesn't do very well they just kind of discard all the merchandise Enchanted was one of those films you can't really find anything these days so listen I have a pip somewhere in one of these baskets in my closet he is here he's here here with (laughs) us right now pip 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 if you're here here. say something (laughs) Anyways, that was our dream musicals. 
we hope you made it to the end of this chaotic episode, but you know what? We thought, let's keep this rolling, let's have fun with it, and, um, we promise the next few ones will be very structured. Yeah, we'll be more scripted when it's not, like, 10 o'clock at night. I turn into a pumpkin at 9, so I'm like Cinderella, but less cool. And I said... I said to Jocelyn before we started this, I was like, you know what? Let's just do like 20 minutes. We can get this done in 20 minutes. It's been an hour and a half now and we're still sitting here giggling over a chipmunk. Yeah, my butt hurts. Also, also that is my um, audition tape to play Pip in the Enchanted Musical when it inevitably comes to Broadway. You're hired, my friend. Now, this is Thanks. something I would love to announce. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um... I am sure they'll take it away from us after they listen to this episode. Anyways, <laughs> we are number 10 on Feedspot's Top 20 Musical Theater Podcast. Ah, what? That's, I know. That's insane to me. And guys, we are so foolish uh, because we've been using our stats from like one of the many... Um, one of the many sites that we use to get these podcasts out to you. But we checked one of the other ones and realized that the numbers were different. So we combined all the numbers and we have had over 5,000 listens, uh, downloads to our podcast, which is absolutely mind-blowing and insane. And we feel like such doofuses for not thanking you all uh, for that incredible milestone because we honest to God did not know. So thank you all of you lovely, lovely people who care enough to listen to us, listen to stuff like this. Um. <laughs> I mean, we both find stats super interesting. And so I check our stats daily on one of the sites and every day I'd be like, oh my God, you've hit like 1800 downloads. That's insane. And we couldn't believe that number to begin with. And then when we combined them all, we were like, what? No. Yeah, no, I really can't believe it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are so, so grateful from the bottom of our hearts. Just thanks thanks for listening. Um, uh, I, th I say this all the time, but it's been such a great way to connect with the community. And speaking of community, we actually have another exciting announcement before we wrap up. We are joining My Favorite Flop, which is another fabulous mu musical theater podcast where they discuss flop musicals, which if you know us, you know we love a good flop. We're going to be on After the Vows this upcoming Tuesday, May 18th, 7 p.m. PST, 10 p.m. EST. You can find it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Listen, we are going to have so much fun. They're our new friends and we, we love them so much, as much as we love flops. And that's pretty darn big so you know it's gonna be a really good time yeah so you can tune in to find us there we're following up on their conversation about rocky the musical and the 2013 2014 broadway season which we love so it's gonna be so much fun so you can find us there and in the meantime uh go take a listen to my favorite flop on your favorite podcast streaming platform because they're lovely and amazing yes go do it now <laughs> subscribe rate comment Give them all the love. We love them. Um, as always, I'm Chris, and you can find me at breakalakeblog.com. And I'm Jocelyn. You can find me at bothsidesofthecurtain.com. And together, we are Breaking the Curtain, available wherever you'd like to listen to your podcasts. 
and on Instagram at Breaking the Curtain. Yes, let us know on our Instagram what's your favorite dream musical. We'd love to know. Anyways, we'll keep y'all updated on everything. Let us know in the comments. And uh, as always, stay safe and stay stagey. Stay safe, stay stagey. We love you. All right, bye, bye guys. Thanks for being awesome. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs>